Hello friends and welcome in. I'm Chris Welsh and today here on Fantasy Pros, we're going to be talking about the top 10 biggest busts in fantasy. I don't want to be a hater and even these players I'm going to give you obviously have got some reason to still draft them, but there's concerns, underlying stats, injury worries galore, and the ADP overall. It's a little bit dicey, so don't hate me, but I got 10 busts that you're going to need to pay attention to in your drafts if you want to get it right. If you also want to get it right, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel below, make a comment, and if you listen in this video, we're going to tell you why and how you're going to be able to get a little win just by making a comment. So my friends, let's get to it. It's the top 10 biggest busts in fantasy baseball this year. Coming in at number 10 is Dansby Swanson, shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. Cubs fans, don't hate me, but I'm going to pick on your newest acquisition. Swanson's coming off a great year in Atlanta, and a lot of fantasy value, though, was propped up by those stolen bases with a significant uptick in runs and RBI. But now he's off to Chicago with what you would probably easily say is a worse offense. The bat projection system has him losing 18 runs and five stolen bases. Swanson had a serviceable 277 batting average, but an expected batting average of 257. This while also running a high BABIP of 348, which was the third highest of his career. Fun fact, anytime his BABIP was under 348, his average would sink. This doesn't mean he's not going to be valuable, but where he's going in drafts is pretty high. Fantasy Pros ADP shows Dansby Swanson going at 75 overall and even as high as 72 overall on CBS. Maybe he is the end of a tier of good shortstops, but there are quite a few other players that could be drafted behind him. Wander Franco, Tommy Edmond, Andres Jimenez. Dansby Swanson can still be a good fantasy contributor, but at the cost and the downturn in his potential, I'm confident in calling him a bust. Coming in at number nine is Tyler O'Neill, outfielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. There's pretty much only two outcomes that are going to happen with this. I'm going to be 100% right or egg on my face. He only had 14 homers, 14 stolen bases, and he was in the 50s on runs and RBI. Now, most projection systems see him having quite a rebound, but he's in a little bit of a fight for his job in spring training. As a matter of fact, they moved him in a fight with Dylan Carlson for center field. O'Neal last year was in the bottom 16th percentile in the league and strikeout rate, whiff rate was in the bottom 12th percentile in the league. And by the way, his hard hit percentage tanked. Went from 52% in 2021 down to 43% this past year. Exit velocities, max, average, lower. He just made a lot worse contact, and he did a lot of his damage off of fastballs. He could not hit breaking balls or off-speed pitches. He's a physical freak, and that's why I say if he's right, going to be wrong because he's going to steal bases, going to hit big homers. But the problem is that consistent contact is a major question a lot of people are giving him passes over all of this, especially projection systems, but I'm not going to. When we go look at ADP at 101, he's going ahead of Suzuki, Christian Yelich, Jake McCarthy, even Taylor Ward. I'm going to pass. Let somebody else be right or wrong on Tyler O'Neill. It's not going to be me. Let me ask you something. How would you like to unlock your full fantasy draft potential with our cheat sheet creator at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard? You would, of course, say goodbye to endless hours of research. With the cheat sheet creator, you're going to easily access expert rankings and projections and customize your draft sheet to fit your league settings for a clear advantage over your competitors. Try the cheat sheet creator today and take your fantasy game to the next level at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard. Okay, more busts. Coming in at number eight is Kansas City Royals relief pitcher Scott Barlow. This one actually isn't about the quality of the player. It's more about the situation and the price that you're paying for relief pitchers. The Kansas City Royals brought in a role this Chapman. Now, Chapman 
has some of his own concerns about getting gigs, but it's hard to believe that based on the options that he had in free agency, that he would be coming to the Royals to not close. Why would you pick the Royals? It's because you've got a closing gig at least. So I assume he's going to be given the opportunity to close where Scott Barlow is a very, very good reliever, but he might be used in some of those higher leverage situations in the eighth inning, maybe even getting some saves. I'm not saying he won't get saves, but even projections at this point are saying that the best option right now is 20 saves. That's according to the bat. Drafting closers without assurances are a little bit of a problem, and you may want to take closers that have guarantees early on. I think this is a recipe for a bust, especially when you're talking about Scott Barlow going inside the top 150. I'm going to pass and say no thanks, and the people that draft him in the top 150, they're going to feel it. That's a bust. Number seven, Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher Freddie Peralta. He's always enticing. We know the strikeout numbers, but fell to under 10K per nine, walks over three per nine, hit a 3.5 ERA with an XFIP that was around the 3.6 range. If you're digging deeper, his Sierra was also in the relative same range. All of these things aside, Freddie Peralta obviously has some electric stuff with big strikeout potential we've seen in the past, but he is injury prone, plagued, doesn't really matter. Peralta just never pitches. He hasn't pitched more than 144 innings in a season, and he has five of them under his belt. As a matter of fact, he's only pitched 100 in one season. Look at the pitchers that are going below him. Jesus Lazardo, Joe Ryan, Dustin May, Lucas Giolito on the bounce back, Chris Sale. All of those are smashing yeses for me over Peralta right now because, unfortunately, he's frail. And at the end of the day, he might be one injury away from hitting the bullpen. Though he might not be the most expensive player, we are going to label him a bust. Number six is Luis Robert, outfielder for the Chicago White Sox, who has never played 100 games in a season. That's right. Obviously, Luis Robert is a wildly talented player who has lowered his strikeout percentage all three seasons of his career. He has a 300 season under his belt, which is nice. He's hit over 280 twice. He's stolen some bases. He's hitting homers, but he does not stay healthy. Even when healthy, the numbers still don't add up. If you want to look at the projections for a minute, let's move over to ATC, which has an aggregate system of all the different projections. In 126 games, a projection is 20 homers, 15 stolen bases with a solid batting average. That's his best case scenario with Luis Robert. We don't have anything for us that can say that Luis Robert's best case scenario is 150 games because we don't get there. You're paying a top 50 cost. If he played 150 games, okay, great. But he's going like six spots below Randy Arozarena, who has two 2020 seasons under his belt. He's going above Cedric Mullins, Jazz Chisholm, who moved to the outfield. No thanks. No thanks, Luis Robert. He's fun, but the numbers do not add up. Before we get to my top five biggest bust for 2023, want to win a free one-year premium upgrade to everything Fantasy Pros has to offer? Well, all you've got to do is subscribe to the Fantasy Pros MLB YouTube channel right now and comment below on this video. And that's it. Whether you're looking for custom mock drafts, salary cap draft tools, or in-depth analysis of your fantasy performance, Fantasy Pros Premium has the tools to help you win. Unlock the most powerful fantasy tools in the industry. Don't want to wait for the giveaway? Sign up today at fantasypros.com premium and start playing smarter, not harder. Now, let's get to the top five. Coming in at number five is Stephen Kwan, outfielder for the Guardians. What you're doing in 2023 is you are chasing Stephen Kwan's stolen bases from 2022. He's still 19. Fun fact, 
He's still 20 over his entire minor league career leading up to this. Now, that's not to say that it cannot continue. It just seems unlikely that it'll continue. And let's say it does even. He's still an empty home run asset. He provides no homers. So at best, that also includes RBI. At best, he's a three-category player. Are those runs elite? No, they're not. So now we're looking at maybe a two-elite category player with the idea that those stolen bases do continue. Does that equate to the price? I don't think so. Bat X says those stolen bases are going to be at 13. It's hard to imagine six homers, 13 stolen bases with a solid average, low runs and RBI being worth close to top 150, yet he's going right around 100. He's a great real-life player, but not as good of a fantasy player. He is a bust. Coming at number four is Braves starting pitcher Kyle Wright. What he did last year for fantasy was phenomenal. Getting where you got him probably was a league winner, especially when you get 21 wins. But last year, you got him for free. This year, right outside the top 100. Here's something I'm going to promise you. Kyle Wright will not win 21 games this year. And so much of his fantasy value was attached to those wins. He had a solid ERA, 319, but he had an expected ERA that was closer to four. It was 389. You're paying for last year's price. And if you look at the ADPs like we've done, you've got Clayton Kershaw, Blake Snell, George Kirby, all going after Kyle Wright on overall ADP. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to pass on trying to buy the wins again for Kyle Wright. Coming in at number three is Carlos Correa shortstop for the Minnesota Twins. Hey, third time's a charm. You know, like finding a team, signing a contract, getting a physical to actually go through. And he comes in at number three. I always liked his game in general. But kind of like we've talked about with a few other of these, there are injury worries. Two teams could not pass him on a physical after signing him to a massive contract. That is a giant red flag. Plus, the numbers don't ever really quite equate. 22 homers at shortstop is okay. Runs in RBI, not that great. He's only had really one good year with those run in RBI, and that was in Houston in 2021. Shortstop also might be the deepest position, though I do believe there are some red flags overall. It actually is telling me to tell you, take the shortstops that are higher. One thing that jumps out to me for this is taking shortstop higher with less of the risk. There's a reason some of these guys are back here. And as tempting as Carlos Correa is, one thing I am trying to avoid at all costs is taking players at the front end of my draft this year that already have injury concerns. Maybe he's playing in spring training, but two team doctors had major concerns about him. I'm going to have the same thing. Unfortunately, Carlos Correa is bus number three. Coming in at number two is another shortstop, Tim Anderson shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. When he is out there, he's a fantasy asset. When he's out there. 2021, he had 17 homers, 18 stolen bases. The next full season before that, which was 2019, 18 homers, 17 stolen bases. Ah, it's okay. Ah, you know what stunk? 123 games. 2018 was the last time he had a full season. It's been four years since he's played over 123 games. Yes, he can steal. Yes, he can hit. The batting average is really solid. He's just not out there. And that is my main problem with him overall. Plus, the Fantasy Pros ADP shows a little bit of a lower number, I believe, in the 80s to 90s. But if you take ESPN off of that, you see him going in the 70s in multiple different markets. That's a major concern for a major injury liability that people are jumping in on. I can find a home for Tim Anderson, but what I can't do is find it at shortstop. I would like Tim Anderson to be more of a middle reliever because there's a lot of inherent injury risk. 
And what a player like Carlos Correa or Tim Anderson actually do for you is they change some of your draft strategy where you can't take them if you take an injury risk or you just have to be aware of it overall. So as fun as Tim Anderson can be, I think he's more of a crutch for a lot of people that don't take the Correa say, oh, I'll get Tim Anderson. It'll be good for maybe 100 games. Coming in at number one is Lance McCullers, starting pitcher for the Houston Astros. We haven't talked about a lot of the obvious names here. I tried to go a little bit deeper and bigger. If Joe were here, you would have heard Buxton and DeGrom. But Lance McCullers might be one of the scariest fantasy players overall because we always talk ourselves into it. We already have information that he is not going to be able to break camp with the team and play an opening day. There can be exciting stuff, but the walks have gone up. The strikeouts have gone down. McCullers had a career-best 227 ERA this past year, but an XFIP of 358. That's quite a big jump. This one might not seem as obvious to a lot of people, but this one was to me. I feel like this was the one I least went out on a limb on to tell you that Lance McCullers is a bust because you're still paying a decently high capital for him when people are trying to get starting pitchers. He's already hurt. A lot of people are staring at Jacob deGrom as the biggest concern. But to me, Lance McCullers is the biggest bust of the 2023 season. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Pros MLB and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros MLB.